0: What does it take to get beyond the damage of words? I'm Katrina Collier. Join me each week as I explore what it takes to step into a happier future. My guests are sharing their stories of when they realized that they needed help and what it took to take that first step so that you leave inspired and maybe even start on your own path to self-love, care, compassion, and of course, happiness. So without further ado, let's hear their stories. Ian Pettigrew, welcome to Beyond the Damage of Words podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: How oh, are you, you today? Very... <laughs> thank you very <laughs> much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to, to be on, but also just to get to hang out with you. Um, okay. and, I, and I'm really good. Long. Thank you. I'm really good. What about you?
0: I learned that statement from you, didn't I? That's why you laughed. How are you today? <laughs> <laughs> so um there's there's no preamble here. As you know, I just launched straight in. So what led you into working on yourself? and just deciding to make a change?
1: Um, I I think it goes back quite a long time. It's just wanting things to be different. Um, I'm kind of, I am very ambitious, not in terms of money or fame or all sorts of things, but I'm really fiercely ambitious in terms of the positive impact they want to make on the world. And I just knew that a few years ago, um, I wasn't equipped to do that. You know, I I wasn't in the, the position that I wanted to do that. So I'm kind of really intentional about knowing what it is I want and doing what yeah. I need to do to get that. And doing the work on myself was very, very much part of that journey.
0: When you say a few years, is that before we meeting you or after? Because I'm thinking, when did we go to Kampala the first time? 2015,
1: 16? Yeah. So, uh, well, I, I I think for me it's been an ongoing journey. So I've I've been mm. knocking around for a while. So I, I started <laughs> working... Um, first proper job post-uni was 1988 and um, sort of first few years corporate life, I really struggled with my confidence. You know, I was um, quiet, I was shy, I would overthink a lot of things, I would be very reluctant to sort of stand up and present. And so Mm -hmm. there's just been, I think, layers and layers of working on that, um, working on sort of what happened during my corporate career and then I left in two thousand and nine to set up on cor- my own, and then uh, and then yeah. there's a whole levels and layers of sort of things I've been working on since then. So w- when yeah. you say when was that, so was I'd, that- I'd, I'd say the last thirty five years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so pre pre us the meeting, because I mean corporate world can be quite soul destroying, can't it? If you I mean, particularly if you are shy and you're not, and they just it seemed they just seem to make it worse. I can't. Like what was it about that experience that? I mean, one led you to leave. That would be quite interesting (laughs) because you Uh, left and started on your own.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, there was nothing really wrong that that led me to leave. It just Mm -hmm. wasn't enough. So I was change director in a pharmaceutical company leading large-scale organisational change, really enjoyed a lot of my work. Um, You know, there was a lot to like, but I wanted more of a portfolio career. Um, I don't this is going to sound really arrogant but I just don't like working for somebody else I'd rather be in control of my own <laughs> destiny um I'm probably absolutely unemployable now you know I can't even I'm comprehend. unemployable yeah I, I can't imagine the thought of actually having a job um no. so it, it was more I a,
0: love being unemployable unemployable it, is only. Yeah.
1: Really, oh I love I love it, it. <laughs> you yeah. club um so yeah. it wasn't sort of there was nothing wrong it was just that I wasn't able to do what I wanted and do everything mm. that I wanted, and I'd had been to um, Charles Handy, the old sort of management professor. I'd heard him yeah. speak in person at Birmingham, mm. and he talked about portfolio careers, about having a mix of things you do that yeah. give you different things, and you can turn the dial up and down over time. Mm. And I just remember sitting, you know, uh, and listening, thinking, "Yeah, that's what I want." And so, yeah. it, so Isn't leaving it corporate too? was part of that.
0: It's so different to when we started out. So, I mean, you basically started in the court world, right, so I was leaving school and then I mucked around in uni and then got a job. Oh, thank you. But it, 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 it's that, well, it, it was similar <laughs> age group, similar yeah. enough, that yeah. it was like a job for life still. Yeah. You know, I still have my parents telling me that and you're just like, it, it, I mean, yeah being able to say I don't know where my next bit of income is or what my next file will be or what I'll be doing would shock them so much but it's like that's how it is and it's great fun but it means you get to do work that really lifts you up too doesn't it it changes the...
1: yeah and you you know that I'm just in the process of reducing my working hours a little bit to one have more time to chill out uh, overall but also to free up time for the academic research and the book yeah and I just love the fact that I don't have to consult with anybody. It's not a major yeah. thing. It, it's just a constant evolution of turning the dials up and down of the mix mm. of things that I do in that yeah. portfolio. So I attach a lot of value, value to that freedom and the autonomy mm. that I've got to be able to do that. Kind of it, it, yeah. it is. I do feel like I've got the best job in the world.
0: But I also felt like you were probably burning out. You were doing a, a lot, weren't you? I mean, you were working a lot of days. So actually to see that update where you've clearly gone, I can't do this. I need to slow down was actually brilliant to see.
1: Uh, Well, uh, thank you. And it's like you, um, I thoroughly enjoy what I do. You know, I I really, I I do feel, um, it's going to sound a bit hippie for me. I do feel a a strong sense of calling to the work. Um, And I thoroughly enjoy it. And I, I do, you know, I, I will always be teetering on working too hard um uh-huh. and straying into that. So and the other thing is that, you know, I've had a few, um, you know, managed to uh, break my ankle in all three places, break every bone in it, try malleola fracture. Yeah. You know, there's there's a few things I've had and it's like after that, really prioritise my fitness. And one of the things that I prioritize is mm. Fitness, sleep, yeah. nutrition—you um, know, not not the whole thing. And mm. I can't, and I've also still committed to this mm. ridiculous endurance cycling challenge that I'm still training <laughs> towards. And it's not just about putting the work in on training; it's about no. putting the work in on recovery. And so, yeah, yeah so it, it's just. Been I, about f- I felt like the universe the was going.
0: Felt like the universe was going. Well, you're not listening, Ian. We're just going to really slow you down here. Because you were doing a lot, weren't you, at that point as well. So going, let's go back to when when did you, I mean, have you actively worked on yourself? Obviously, I, I know that you're a coach now, so that you had to have worked on yourself. But did you seek a professional? Did you start reading? What did you do that started you changing? Because you didn't like where you were at. I think I'm making sense at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, answer what, I'll answer what I think you asked. Um, so, yeah, I'm not uh, sure
0: what I asked.
1: <laughs> I, I'd say it's sort of probably, I feel like I blundered a bit through for the first few years mm. and then probably kind of, I don't know, um, around about 2000, something like that, mm. really started to look for answers, you know, think about, you know, I'm sure I've got more I can do and I'm sure I'm getting in my own way. Um, Uh started reading voraciously, consuming things, um, worked with some coaches, um, had some coaching as well, um, and then trained as a coach while I was at AstraZeneca and started to use that as part of my job. And then I've always found that um, my coaching training has always been really valuable because the way you teach coaching is you have people practice on each other so there 's yeah. always been a massive <laughs> formational element so in the early days i 'm a coach mm-hmm. training um then again, when I trained with Gallup um as yeah. a certified strength coach uh, and mm-hmm. then the advanced coaching and then i 've been doing my master's in applied positive psychology and coaching psychology um mm-hmm. and again, for all of that training there 's a massive formational um element so yeah so it's been reading so
0: pra- my own research
1: on. and then the practicing on each other as well as being yeah. always much more I've always got much more out of that than I ever expected it would and I always uh, am sort of constantly um surprised by that was and there, then
0: was there one particular one that you, you're happy to share where you went oh my gosh like it was just a particular session where like a light bulb went off you mentioned getting out of your own way was it something can you can you remember one? Just
1: yeah. So I I, I think there's um, there's a few things. I think one is strength based work, and mm-hmm. you know because often we all get caught up in this deficit discourse. You know we focus on what's mm-hmm. wrong rather than what's right. Um, yeah. And there's a famous research paper, Baumeister, that says bad is stronger than good. You know we like we often focus mm-hmm. on the bad and ignore the good. Um, but, and one of the beliefs is that you know that's because um, you know you go back thousands of years bad mm. was life-threatening you know you had yes. to pay attention to the bad otherwise you wouldn't survive and you could get away mm-hmm. without a focus on the good so we could end up in that deficit discourse and when I first started to do work on strengths mm. and the entire focus is on what's right with you and yeah. you are enough and be more you and mm. that was when Looking at my own strengths and working on them, and the more I've worked with other people, it's kind of like, mm. yeah, do you know what, I've got everything I need. And some of the things that I regarded as weaknesses so were shifting energy. Absolutely, when you, when and you suddenly
0: go, I've got what I need. We, I've uh, like you go from, oh, I, I should have all these. Things. Oh, hang on, I've got these. These are amazing.
1: Well, and <laughs> and that's a real, and that's one of my kind of greatest privileges in the work that I get mm. to do, which mm. is that it is amazing to really be able to hold a mirror up to somebody help them Mm. focus on what's right with them yeah and then help them to just have that realization that they are enough you know it's an amazing powerful place uh, I I wrote
0: um I wrote in because you you have a chapter in my memoir I, I think you know that but I don't know that I've shared it all with you but I wrote about because it was interesting, actually, the the strengths that I have are totally because of my childhood as well. And it's like the benefit of my childhood is that I have these incredible strengths over here. And then even I can't remember what my weak, my weakest, weakest one was. My not so strong, strong, but even that was a clear, direct result as well. It was like just so easy to be able to see that. Uh, absolutely um,
1: yeah you can see where came to from. my strengths yeah. yeah
0: and but also just like that understanding isn't it oh I don't want to do something it's because it's over there in that one and not in my strengths and then so discard uh, that do this yeah.
1: uh, absolutely so that so that was a real moment for me and I can start you know and mm. I still um that influences me every single day and then the yeah. other thing was when I've done work uh, and training around cognitive behavioral coaching which is mm-hmm. to dive into the power of the stories that we tell ourselves, mm. and you know I, I remember um unearthing some things about where I get in my in my own way and about situations yeah. where i might where I might in the past have felt intimidated by certain people, and so to to be able to do the work on that is really powerful, and yeah. it, it's ongoing it's kind of you know i um mm. i
0: it's amazing there, there, sorry, there, sorry, there, I'm interested i I just
1: finished that point there's there's a real sorry there's a real that that, that was a thought there's, there's a real duality because in one way mm. I am really happy with who I am you know I I'm yeah. really content I really like who I am I'm really yeah. proud of what have I of what I've achieved and I'm really kind mm-hmm. of yeah I'm proud of the work that I do and so I'm really content yeah. But at the same time, I can always see more potential and more upside. And so there's this kind of duality, this tension of, yeah, do you know what? Really, really happy and content. And this, yeah, but actually, do you know what? Could do more. So I'd very much describe myself as work in progress on the development front, still continuing the journey, but at the same time, actually very happy.
0: Yeah, which is, I'm continuing to do more and I'm very happy. But does that come, because it's almost like, the way I wonder if this is a story you're telling yourself. That you, It almost sounds like you're coming from lack, like, oh, I need more, I need more, but that's not, you're wanting to contribute, you're wanting to serve yeah. and you're wanting to help other people more from your place of happiness. So I see it quite, I mean, I feel the same, but I also think it's that, it's, a, it's such a funny thing because I just, <laughs> I guess it's the network of friends that I have, you know, you see all these awful things about, oh, you should be retiring soon. And we're all like, I'm sorry, what? like what i've got friends in the mid-60s like what i don't yeah. want to retire i'm still i've still got so much to give and i think it's that we we get to do that through our work so we're very lucky that we keep to get to play it forward now i forgot what my question was going to be never mind can, can
1: i gonna, can i say fortunate instead matter. of lucky yes because c- c- you and i have both worked really hard for what we've got so yes i, I tend not to use the word lucky in that context
0: this is true. I have had a little a bit of luck, but yes, a lot of it has been a lot of work as well, hasn't it? Like, that. oh, Nan, I wish I could remember what I was going to ask. Never mind. So be right for interrupting. <laughs>
1: no, and, and, and so that's it. That's, uh, yeah, the, the strengths piece and, the, and yeah. the cognitive behavioral coaching about mindset have, have been yes. the real things that have kind of been yeah. turning points for me. Ah, and, I remember. Go on.
0: So did you find, though, so um, I wrote an entire chapter about the energy we hold around money, which is often money stories, which is what you were talking about. Did you find some of the aha moments when you were doing that, when you were kind of, the stories would go back to, oh, you know, Uncle Joe said this to me when I was a kid and I've taken that on as gospel. Or, you know, did you have those kind of aha moments where you could thread the story back? Yeah, but. The teacher said this or someone did this or just.
1: Some. But I think it's more generic. Like, we we didn't have much money at all when I was growing up. Um, And so, you know, one of my fears is always of being skint. Um, You know, Mm -hmm. it's like I hate to be back in that position um, ever again. So, yeah, there's some generic things like that. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, so my my entire money motivator is not to be skint. You know, it's not to be in that position that, uh, you know, we we were when I was a, a small child.
0: Yeah. Oh, I and mean, that was, so yeah, we call them money blocks. So it was a really interesting, so there's, um, I work with Polly Alexander and Denise Duffield Thomas, and I've just written about my experience, and it's stuff like that. But oh yeah, the most bizarre, but it was also the stuff that comes down to you, down the gene pool as well, that can really impact your relationship with money. So, you know, I didn't grow up poor, but there was still that influence of what came down to me from what was said to me. It was, yeah, it was just interesting with all the stories. Yeah.
1: Facebook still occasionally asks me whether I get, went to the same ladies' college as you. It's, uh, it's, it's yeah, it's still occasionally prompted me to say, "Do you want to write a review or add this to your profile?" So it's somehow got you and I confused on on occasions. But to, very to,
0: very strange. I mean, to the fact that I actually went to a ladies' college probably shocks most people. But yes, <laughs> I don't to, know that they'll call it that now. I imagine it's PLC or something. You, yes,
1: you lock it up, so Who knows? Um, but for me, the kind of that that work thing, I I'm mm. so glad that I've done the work because mm-hmm. the upside is just massive. You know, and it's yeah. like and that, that's why I'm a huge fan of continuing to focus on my own personal development, you know, perpetual student, because um there's just so much capacity for growth and there's so much yeah. more that that I want to do. Um so- whilst not burning out at the same time.
0: Yeah. And I think that, yeah, have you ever done the five love languages? I bet you're acts of service. Yeah. Because you're you're always wanting to give to the community. So I'd I'd put money on it. It's quite interesting. Mm. Um, I'm really losing my thought on this one. This is shocking. (laughs) What is with me? (laughs) You go and say something, I'm like. There's something to say on that, and it's gone out of my head, and I go off on somewhere else. This is because I know you too well, isn't it? <laughs> I
1: know, but but it is that that motivation for oh, me I is do. always the is always the future. Mm. You know that that's yeah. inevitably where um, I, I tend to be looking. So, mm. and
0: what do you think? So, why is it because I I don't have I don't get enough men on this podcast, and I fi- I find a lot of men sort of do that stiff up a lip, suck it up, all that kind of the you know, and I had Jeff Way on very early, we were talking about that. What what do you think is it is about you that allows you to be vulnerable that you kind of go, actually no, I did I do want to change who I am. So I am going to do some work. Like casting your mind back to when you went
1: well and it's yeah. changed something. I, I think there's two things. One is I don't think the acknowledgement in men of, I want to do the work and I want to do something different mm-hmm. is, is that uncommon? You know, I think that's really common. Um, I is think, it? what, I, but I think what can happen is yeah. there's this sort of filter about, do not show vulnerability. Um, right. okay. and, and I, so for me, what, what changed? Um, mm-hmm. I spend so much of my time working with other people, both one-on-one and in groups. And often in groups, I'm asking people to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. In which case, as a facilitator, I have to role model vulnerability. You know, I I can't just stand there at the front and expect other people to engage in an activity that I'm not prepared Mm -hmm. to. So I guess Mm -hmm. I've spent a lot of time being uh, vulnerable. The, Mm -hmm. The other thing, though, is... I'm not trying to be everything to everybody and impress no. everybody. You know, it's like, because that that's, I'm on a hiding to nothing. So there might be mm-hmm. people that listen and think, mm, what a weirdo, or mm, it's not, you know, clearly yeah, not the full fine. finished thing. Or And it's like, that's absolutely fine. You know, it's so. Yeah, uh, well, none of us uh, are. <laughs> uh, no, but I think the vulnerability just, because I'm not bothered about what people think, it's so much mm-hmm. easier. Well, sorry, within reason. That needs an asterisk. Yeah. Um, it it well, makes no, it it's, easier to be vulnerable, yeah. and I know it's got a, it, I know it's got a power. You know, it, 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 the honesty—it's yeah. important. Um, yeah. If we, that, you know, look back at everything about emotional labor, if we've got to pretend to be something else and we've got to kid ourselves and could kid other people, that comes at a cost. You know, it, it can be exhausting. So mm. I'd rather just be me, and then people can right. like it. That goes, but that
0: goes back to the fact that you do like who you are. Because I mean, I very much remember when I didn't like who I was, and there's yeah, no way yeah. I would have coped with the people not liking me. When you get to that point, you're like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> whatever." Yeah. There are people I don't like, you know. I mean, it's you know, it it is funny, but I definitely think that the mask you must see it a lot in the corporate environment as well that you work in the the corporate masks that go up as people are fighting to fit in, and and it's just yeah, it's so damaging to them physically as well because yeah. of the mental health as well, the-
1: well yeah and, and tiring for people to do that so um hmm. i think sometimes the word authenticity gets overused and bandied yeah, around word, a lot but yeah but hmm. but actually just being able to be who you are that there's so much mm-hmm. you know for that so that we can be who we are and yeah. we can accept yeah. other people and see the strength and the and the value and the power that that they bring hmm. it's not too much it's- to ask is it
0: no, but it's it is funny because I mean it's been such a long journey for me because of obviously how my start was <laughs> interesting, mm. and I did actually realize <laughs> that I've got goofier in the last like year specifically, and I'm just not caring who's hearing it, and it's just like if somebody doesn't like me being goofy, then like, bye. And I mean friends, like just to friends, I'm just being much more who I genuinely am. And it's just quite liberating. It's like, well, we're getting there. Like you said, work in progress. <laughs> no,
1: absolutely. And, I, and I'm, I'm learning more all the time. Like my, my academic yeah. research is focused on hope. And ah, I am just, again, hope? pardon?
0: Why hope? What made you choose hope? I mean, I, I know the answer, but for the podcast. Um,
1: <laughs> because I've absolutely fallen in love with the subject of hope. So we, we kind of, we bandy the word around a lot, like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I hope uh, I hope this happens. I hope you're okay. I hope this. Mm. So it, it's kind of in common usage. It's a sort of a wishful thinking uh, or even yeah. a naive optimism. But hope in psychology is a really specific thing. It's about a belief in a better future. You know, it's about yeah. believing that the future is going to be better than the present, you know, either mm-hmm. personally or, or around us. And it's about being able to see the path and knowing that you can do what you need to do to make it so. And oh, lots of lots of people have not got nearly <laughs> enough hope for the future. And one of the – sorry, long answer to why hope. And then no, one great. of the other have challenges yeah, that is that when you look at this in an organizational context, yeah. when leaders attempt to help other people have hope – they go to stupid places, like they either manage them badly or they engage in toxic positivity, you know, because they believe that we need to focus on the positive, um, but not toxic positivity and overdoing it. So so yeah, what, why hope is, I think it's a really empowering lens to view the world and, and, and ourselves mm-hmm. through, and it's a really empowering way of focusing on a better future and uncovering the journey and I've just absolutely fallen in love with it as a research topic and the the deeper I've been diving it's just the, the more um I enjoy it and the more I've learned personally as well so actually that's been a real part of my growth as well um yeah. some of my own research as well which is uh, really enjoyable
0: can you share an example without giving your research away where you've kind of gone
1: oh like like yeah well I could probably share that. Without giving
0: you. your research away.
1: No, no, no. Well, I've got to be giving my research <laughs> away. Uh because of doing it. <laughs> the so uh, I'm applying this to so mm. I've committed to indoor cycle the height of Everest in a day. Yes. To raise money for just justice. Oh, this. in a day? Uh, in I a
0: didn't day. know you were gonna do it in a day. Yeah, yeah. Right. Okay, so you I, are really are I crazy. I committed
1: to this when I broke my ankle three years yeah. ago and I'm still training. Um, the the challenge itself will probably take me i reckon 17 or 18 hours on the bike in the day so Mm. it's the equivalent of running like four back-to-back marathons in a day and Mm. you've met me in person plenty of times i am not in Uh that kind of shape and i've probably never been in that kind of shape so yes so this is a long-term training thing so i am applying my own hope research to my everesting journey and so the elements of it are about really having a crystal clear focus on what you want Mm
0: -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. having a a real idea of what you can do to make it a reality but also not just focusing on the positive also having a real openness to what's going to go wrong what's Mm -hmm. going to trip me up What are the problems that are either going to come at me externally? Like last year, it was traveling too much and not being at home and near the bike. um, And also, what are the problems that are going to trip me up internally? So, you know, again, to be vulnerable, I'll reveal one of Mm. mine. If I was traveling for a couple of weeks and I did Mm. absolutely rubbish on exercise and I'd eaten in hotels and eaten junk for two weeks, I'm kind of almost like, oh, I should give up. I can't do this. And I know that, you know, yeah. that, that's one of the, the the areas where I can trip myself up. And yeah. so it, it's a So about... much of that
0: is also that what's in the, the food that you're then eating as well, because yeah. when Absolutely. you're at home, you can eat healthier food yeah. and, yeah.
1: Absolutely. So it it's about this real positive expectation from the future, a massive yeah. focus on being resourceful, you know, keeping an eye on your own agency, doing mm. what you can do, doing the work, um, but also... And that- Embracing the negative and and working to a
0: realistic about the negative, isn't it? It's like okay, at at the seventeenth hour, I'm likely to not be enjoying this very much. So what can I do? What you know, and putting strategies in place, rather than yeah, I see what you mean. Like I I take it with the toxic positivity, you're just ignoring the negatives. Is uh, that uh, well the destructive side of it?
1: When you see cultures with toxic positivity and Mm it it's really interesting it seems to come from both ends toxic positivity can be the preserve of a toxic manager who mm-hmm. is narcissistic and doesn't want to hear anything negative so you can you can get it at kind of that problematic end but you yeah. can also get toxic positivity from really well meaning managers who want to keep people focused on a better future so you can get toxic positivity coming for kind of both good and bad reasons and i'm, I'm interested I've, I've seen it recently where some um there's been quite a public fallout on some boards where they've been talking about you know should we focus on the positive or should we focus on the negative negative? and my answer is yes actually you need oh. to do both in the right context um yeah. And so, yeah, so that, so...
0: Well, I, I hence, I guess that's where the strengths come in, isn't it? Because if you focus on the two and have we got the right people working on the right bit because maybe Katrina should work on that and Ian should work on this yeah, and... Absolutely. And then you... Absolutely. Yeah. But then that would take that vulnerability again <laughs> of being honest about the work and honest about who's got what strengths and then, yeah, then corporate masks come into play. Oh, it's complicated.
1: Yeah, but Maybe again, <laughs> it, it, but that that's one of the reasons I love doing the strengths-based work is mm. often what we'll do is I'll do individual development with people, but mm. in a team. So you might have yeah. a group of 10 or 12 people that work really closely together and we'll yeah. do a session on individual strengths and individual development, mm. but they'll do yeah. it as a team. They'll do it with each other. And okay. it's a real... You can see the penny drop in people. One of the principles we sometimes talk about in strengths is that Mm. we say none of us see other people as they truly are. Rather, Mm. we view them through the lens or the filter of who we are. Absolutely. So, you know, a kind of fiercely competitive, go-getting, positive salesperson that wants to, Mm. you know, win at all costs and, you know, get on with it. And if you're quiet, reflective, thoughtful, want to think about what might go wrong, Mm. there's a danger that I could look at you and write you off Whereas actually, yeah. all those strengths that you need that I haven't got are what I need. Mm. Um, mm. And so that's why we often do strengths with a team. Because if you can get people to start to look at the people around them and value yeah. them for who they are, instead of judge the difference, that mm. that's a game changer for yeah. them. That, uh, that and sticks. I remember...
0: Filling it out for you before coming on your podcast many <laughs> yeah. moons ago, which would be completely different now because we did it, I think, about five days before the world shut down. So it's, like, <laughs> I listened back to it and I was like, I oh, don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. I don't do that. Don't do that. Actually, in fact, I don't do anything that I did back then because the whole lot went to shit. But anyway, um, that, there was no way you could gain that, that either. You know, sometimes you can, you can yeah. tell and you, there was no way I could do anything but tell the truth on it. That's I thought was really impressive so it well, uh, genuinely come up with the right result
1: and in, uh, that's one of the reasons i like clifton strengths you know and it's not everything it's not the whole answer no. uh, to everything but it's valid and reliable yeah. and it provides a really empowering lens for people so yeah, yeah and I, I still work on my strengths every single week you know, it's kind of yeah. I'm, I'm on an ongoing mission to practice what i preach
0: <laughs> yeah well, you have to because it's like a good so hang on. so we've got research into hope what's the book about then and and what prompted you to write a book other than practically everyone you know has written one in our space?
1: Yeah, I was feeling really left out. I, I was feeling I you know, left
0: out.
1: I, I was like, really, my, my USP was I've never written a book. You know, it's becoming a real point of differentiation and uh, and stand out. Um, so, it is
0: so weird, isn't it? I think everybody's got one because our little network has it. And of course they don't. <laughs>
1: Uh, it's, it's uh, and it's true. like and I've, I've had the privilege to like write chapters in a couple of books, and to be mentioned yeah. in a few books as well. Uh, and, on the, and confession, <laughs> I don't think I've ever said this before, but I, I'm beginning to regret it already. I've got a little section of my bookshelf which are books mm. that I feature in. And it's like, and it okay. means a lot to me. And the thought of actually having my book in that section—that uh, means a lot to me. Um, well, I will make this... sure that
0: you get a copy of *The Damage of Words* when oh, well, it is published, that, obviously, because you. you have a whole chapter in that. that it will have my, That's my that's my spiritual shelf, and yeah. then the one above is. Everybody I know's books that they wrote, written <laughs> and a few randoms thrown in.
1: <laughs> well, in which case, I, I will be contributing to that as well. So, uh,
0: so You'll be in one of those probably.
1: <laughs> Excellent. So without it sounding too grandiose, part of it is about mm. legacy, you know, and part of it is about scale. Yeah. Um, you know, really fortunate to do the work I get to do, um, mm. but coming towards my late 50s, you know, got an eye on the future. Um, mm-hmm. So part of it is about legacy and about scaling that yeah. impact. Um, The book is called Hope is a Strategy, and that's because people all the time say, well, hope isn't a strategy, because they're really confused about what hope actually is. And Mm -hmm. it's a leadership book aimed at helping leaders to genuinely help people around them to find hope for themselves. And oh, I like deliberately, I, don't, I deliberately don't say give hope, because I don't believe you can truly give hope, no. but you can help people find it. You can find so themselves. yeah, it, it's been it's been in me for a long time, I think, and it's just been a sort of. Um, I know that a, feeling. And I did a proposal. It needs to
0: be out of the body. It, exactly that,
1: and yeah, I, I know it, that it's feeling. Like real. Let, let me be really honest here. So mm. I followed. Um, Alison Jones at Practical Inspiration Publishing for a while yeah. on social media. Know, and Alice. Alison was running a writing workshop at Gladstone's mm-hmm. Library in Wales, yep. which is just an hour's mm-hmm. drive from here. And uh, And I did confess this on the day. I went to that one day workshop and I find writing really, really hard. So yeah. my aim was to, at the end of the day, say, I've given it my best shot. This is not for me. Uh, and I can give up legitimately, having known yeah. that it's just too hard, and I can never do it. And Alison managed to completely mess things up by helping me to find my writer <laughs> um, within me, mess it up in a really positive way. Um, and yeah, that workshop was really Amazing. good. And then took part in one of the proposal challenges as well. And it um, and, and since then, are. yeah, just uh, finding the process hard, but really, really enjoying it and yeah yeah, and thankful you know it's only recently now i'm starting to adjust my hours to create some space for it because i'm not great at writing in like 35 minutes in between coaching sessions you know i i need the headspace to really (laughs) yeah uh, yeah. to get into it so
0: no i totally understand that well i'm in the middle of formatting out my second business book (laughs) So that'll have been three. So, yeah, no, I hear you. Now, if people would love to connect with you, talk to you more, where would you like me to direct them?
1: LinkedIn, probably the best place to always find me. And where um, I'm, shall I say, where I'm least unresponsive. It's (laughs) like (laughs) the... Sorry, pr- private joke. I've got, in the, I've got well, you I'm, on
0: WhatsApp, so yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And, uh,
1: <laughs> what, one of the challenges is uh, with last year just being so stupidly busy, I know it was just really, yeah. really slow to reply to messages. So that's why I qualify it with them. Um, I'm probably least unresponsive on, on LinkedIn. But that's uh, I, I've just now I've got a bit whole, of margin, it's better.
0: <laughs> I've just written a whole paragraph about how we have these mobile phones within reach and we don't reply to people. Like literally, this technology should make life easier to communicate. It's made it harder. Then it's um, just made it harder, and but it's it, it,
1: yeah, it's but just we, too we, many
0: channels all at once, and everyone's like, oh, "I'll get back to that," and then you just don't.
1: It it's a, it's interesting. That's again been a little project for me, and based mm. on a book I know somebody else is writing, um, which I'll, I'll I won't mention <laughs> Let me now I'm going to hear <laughs> um, But I've been deliberately turning off loads of notifications, checking yeah. up profiles at different times. And then I'm I'm just using a new app. Yeah, you said I've always got an app for everything. Um you have, which you have the app man. gives me a unified inbox. So I've got one inbox that has got LinkedIn, WhatsApp, um, Instagram, Clever. all of my messages in one inbox, and I've got it set to show me unread messages only. So instead of having like six or seven different messes. I've got one place I can go, and it's like right there's there's the list. That's because sensible. daft as it sounds, I like email, you know, because I like an inbox that
0: yeah,
1: I, I know I will deal with stuff. Um, and yeah, just I'm through.
0: like that, and then it's easier to keep track of it all. Yeah, that sort absolutely.
1: Of oh, there we go.
0: So well, yeah, long you. answer. To LinkedIn. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's a good answer actually, and I'm now want to know, want to know what the app is. Anyway, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> thank you, Ian. I really appreciate you coming and chatting. Thank you for tuning in to Beyond the Damage of Words. How brave, how vulnerable. All to inspire listeners like you to take a step or inspire others to take a step. Imagine what healing we could create if we normalise this conversation. So please pass this on and of course subscribe so we can do just that. Until next time,
1: thank you.